Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome to the Bricks in the Wall, the show where we try to empower you, the individual, to tear down that metaphorical wall that's been created to keep you from the truth. So welcome back, folks. Um, we're going to try to empower you to become your best self by removing all the bricks or lies that have been placed strategically to keep you from becoming your most positive version. In case you didn't know, we all have superpowers, special gifts endowed into each one of us by our creator. Some people realize this gift or gifts and harness them to become better versions of themselves. And sadly, many people never realize this and they go from cradle to grave not realizing their inner power. And before I introduce today's guest, I want to share with y'all a parable of the talents that's in the Bible. Okay, uh, have you heard about this parable, uh, Andrew? What is it? Uh, the parable of the talents. Uh, I don't think so, actually. Okay, okay. I think you'll like this. This is pretty interesting. Okay, so the, the, this is the story of the talents that's in the Bible. So there was a very wealthy man preparing to leave for a long journey. He gave his three servants, uh, he gathers his three servants to gather his wealth and divide it between them so that they can keep growing it while he's gone. Kind of old school Wall Street type of thing. So he divides his wealth in between them according to their ability to manage it. He gives the first servant five talents each. I mean, he gives the first servant five talents, each equivalent to thousands of dollars. So it's like a coin, basically. Each talent is worth about thousands of dollars. And that first servant quickly goes to work and using what he was giving to make more money because he knew that it would please his master. And he ended up making five more talents, so he doubled it. And the second servant was given two talents. And like the first, he invested it and made two more talents. So he also doubled it. And the third servant was given only one talent, which wasn't much but the, as the first two, but it's still quite a sum of money. That servant failed to see the value in the opportunity his master had given him. So from fear of losing this one talent, he goes out in secret, digs a hole, and buries the talent so to not lose it. Months, la months later, the wealthy mas master returns eager to see what his servants have made of his wealth. He called them over and asked for their report. The first two proudly demonstrated that they doubled their talents. Being proud of their servants, he tells them, for you have been faithful with a few things, now I will put you in charge of many things. And they went and celebrated. Finally, the last servant approached the master saying, you are a hard man to please. So in fear of you, I buried the talent and I, and that you gave me and I put it in the ground. Here is the talent that, you, that belongs to you. And he gives it back to the master. And the master was furious and he said, you wicked and lazy servant, he said. I gave you an opportunity, an amount of uh, property that gave you opportunity, and I knew you would be able to manage this, but you did nothing with it. At least you could, ha could have put it in the bank to gain interest. So the master took his coin, his talent, and he gave it to the first servant, and he kicks the servant from his house. And to me, I see, see this as very literal. We all have special gifts and talents, and our duty is, in this world is to harness them and to uh, make them grow so we can bring glory and more wealth to God. What, what do you think about that, uh, Andrew? Hey, I agree with your assessment. Um, I've never heard that parable. Thank you for sharing. Um, but no, I agree entirely. Um, I'm, 
the pursuit of self-actualization is something that I think is not. Rob, so you can come in again. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, so the pursuit of self-actualization is not something that's really talked about in our culture, and it's not taught to us at a young age. And so we're not thought about, we don't think about how much capacity we truly have if we were to apply ourselves. And then when you couple that in with the culture we have that's constructed around actually distracting people, it creates this toxic environment where people really are wasting their talent. And it's very sad to see. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, I think we all have special gifts. And one of the big issues that I see is with the education system, not only in America, but across the world, is they're not really teaching kids the things that they need to become a successful human being. They're teaching them topical stuff like English, a little bit of history. That's, that's not even real history, math, but it's the silly math. It's nothing that really has to do with the real world. Um, they, take, they teach you things that are this curriculum, but it has nothing to do with self-actualization. Uh, I oof, uh, I guess I'll just right off the bat come out and say it. I'm a conspiracy realist, uh-huh. and so I think most public education, it's just indoctrination camps for the most part. Right, right, right. And so, when you say that, it, 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 it's a very blunt statement, and it creates initially a lot of cognitive dissonance within people. Um, but that's what you're trying to do is taking out those, those bricks from the wall. And so thank you very much for this opportunity to have this conversation. Yeah, no problem. And, and I don't know how we started following each other, but we, we, had, we kicked it off. Like We started liking each other's posts, and I saw that you were real big into uh, working out and lifting weights, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But um, I think you're one of those people that realize that you have these talents and you have certain things that you're more apt to be able to do better than others, and you're using them, and that's what I love to see in others, brother, and that's why I felt I had to connect with you. Let me ask you this. When did you first start questioning things or what made you see the world in a way and that started you to go through this process of awakening? Uh, okay, so I have a short answer and then I have a long answer. The short answer, like a lot of people, is the psilocybin mushroom. Um, at the age of 27, I went from being entirely straight edge to where I had drank some alcohol, but I didn't really like it, um, to trying the mushroom uh, in a fairly large dose. And I feel like in that moment, or not that moment, but that experience, it, it, it marked a distinct transition point in my life uh, where I had a moment in which I began to feel an acceptance for this awareness of self that I had known was there, but had buried and suppressed as a result of our culture and our social constructs and kind of the way I was raised. Um, A lot of people use this metaphor as like the matrix. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love, I love it, particularly the moment like Neo kind of wakes up Mm -hmm. that moment where Neo uh, it, it, and to me, it's 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 in a message that's not messianic. It's not like um, he doesn't realize he's a god. He realizes who he is as an individual and his part in the bigger picture, right. which I think makes it universally applicable uh, story to a lot of people, men, women. Um, it's it's very much 
to anyone who wants to begin that awakening process. Um, and so that was a, at the age of 27, a huge dose of mushrooms uh, just totally changed my life trajectory. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I get to hear that story so often that psychedelics are one of those catalysts that gets you to really go inside and introspect and look at your life and really examine it. Because I think the the whole idea of zombies has been brought out to kind of mock people because that's what we're living in. People walking around like dead zombies, not really looking for anything. They're just trying to survive, not really looking inside and ex- ex- really examining what they're doing in this earth. I think, um, I, so I love meme culture. Um, and so like the NPC meme is a great depiction of the zombie. Right. Someone who's just so baseline programmed with what the Matrix wants them to think and believe and to the way they want them to behave. Um, so let I, me... I like that you use... Oh, sorry, go no, ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just... I was going to say, I like that you use the word catalyst for the mushrooms and for psychedelics in general um and i just want to kind of throw this little note out there um because you also mentioned we might talk about carl jung a little bit mm-hmm. um carl jung was kind of actually anti-psychedelic which is funny really um yeah yeah um he, he has this quote be weary of unearned wisdom and it's it's a popular quote he's had and i wanted to look into it further to see you know its origins and i did and it was both enlightening and depressing um it's in a letter he wrote to a priest uh if you wouldn't mind i read it it might take a few minutes if that's okay that's okay go ahead brother um you might relate um based on what i've been listening to the way you think and and talk so here it goes um and it's in discussion of the invention of lsd okay it has, it has indeed very curious effects, of which I know far too little. I don't know either what its psychotherapeutic value with neurotic or psychotic patients is. I only know that there is no point in wishing to know more of the collective unconscious than one gets through dreams and intuition. The more you know of it, the greater and heavier becomes our moral burden because the unconscious contents transform themselves into your individual tasks and duties as soon as they begin to become conscious. Do you want to increase loneliness and misunderstanding? Do you want to find more and more complications and increasing responsibilities? You get enough of it. If I once could say that I had done everything I know I had to do, then perhaps I should realize a legitimate need to take mescaline. Uh, there's more to it, but I'll just kind of stop there because that's the core of it, is that sort of awakening to the moral burdens. That's that's heavy, but also it, it necessary. Hmm. Um, so you think he's uh, against it? He, you think he doesn't want people to open this, this Pandora's box through psychedelics? Um... Yeah, yeah. So I think, I'll, I think I will. I think we all will become victim of this as we get older. We kind of tend to become more conservative and less open-minded, and I think maybe that played a role in his skepticism. Hmm. But um, I think he understood the immense 
complexity of human nature to such a degree that he knew not everyone should exponentially enhance that experience. No, well, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I like to um, promote psychedelics, but again, it's not for everyone. Yeah, you're right. You do, you give that to somebody, people, and you could break their mind. Yeah, so I always preach set and setting. You know, I'm one of those square trippers where I'm like, you know, do it safely, please. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do advocate for the use of it, and I love it. Oh my gosh, I, but do it safely. Um, that's all. So, like you were talking about, you had that experience at, at 27 years old. Before that, you weren't into any of this alternative type of uh, research or ideology? No, uh, I was not. Before that, in a lot of ways, I was kind of, I, I see it now as I was funneled into the matrix. So I was kind of forced, you know, I wasn't forced at gunpoint, but uh, my family was like, you have to go to college. Mm. And so I went to college and I did that. And... Um, at a very young age, um, I just kind of knew that I was different. What were you uh, studying? But I was, I'm sorry, say again? What were you studying? Uh, in college? Yeah. Um, so yes, I have a bachelor's degree in finance. Okay. Uh, funny, funny joke there. Um, I wanted to be a banker until I learned that they're all criminals and uh-huh. that the whole system is broken and corrupt. And so then I had to find a new job. Interesting. Um, and I actually also have a master's degree in business administration. Wow. Uh, and, and my emphasis is in change leadership. Uh-huh. My, um, at the time, I wanted to be like a hotshot sort of corporate culture guru. Yeah, total opposite um, of what you've become. Say again, sorry? Total opposite of what you've become, I, I think, right? Yes, you're entirely correct. Total opposite of what I've become. I don't at all work in the corporate world. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and um, I, I do think, though, my degree is worthless in the sense of it's never going to generate me a lot of income. Mm-hmm. But I'm thankful that I pursued it because this movement, this revolution that's sort of building, I think it still gave me skills that I can contribute to the bigger picture. Uh, I didn't set myself up to want to be part of a spiritual war, but now that I've realized we're in one, I'm like, okay, what skills do I have to bring to the table to help? Right, right. And that's amazing. Yeah, I saw that on your your YouTube. You said that you use uh, powerlifting, philosophy, and philanthropy as a way to talk about consciousness and how to live a healthy life and create community. And I love that because I think that those other parts, especially philosophy and consciousness and community, is what most of the real truths are trying to advocate. Man, let's, let's, you, you nailed it. That's like my mission statement. Mm-hmm. Um, it, because I feel like through all of those, you can touch the mind, the, the body, and the, the soul. Um, and... I, I see life as this, this uh, it's a gift in a lot of ways. And um, I, I see what's the statistic now, three fourths of Americans are overweight or obese. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't say that judgmentally, I say that compassionately, where there's such a market for health and wellness. Um, I'm trying to make it affordable and to destigmatize it. And kind of bring passion, and my passion is powerlifting. But other people's 
passion might be dance or right. soccer or I think people just should have some physical expression, some passionate physical expression. Because that's like it's it's appreciating your body mm-hmm. and that, that gift of your body in some capacity. Right, but that's what I'm talking about when, when I always say that every each one of us has a certain superpower. It could be uh, sports, it could be music, it could be writing, it could be anything. But so you, everybody, I believe, has something special that if they can just realize it and harness it, they could they could transform their lives and the lives of others. Fortunately, we live in this social construct that actually pushes people in the opposite direction of Mm -hmm. self-actualization. And so while that is like my dream of, you know, running a gym um, and helping people get healthy, I I currently am not doing that. I I am doing the YouTube videos, but um, why I'm making the YouTube videos in a sense is um, I see these culture wars as an element to the spiritual war and it's like the biggest thing that's driving a wedge between people right right and i'm really trying to just find a way to contribute to the the building of unity um but it's really freaking hard Mm -hmm. yeah exactly you're fighting against the, the the ocean basically but let me ask you let me tell you this um so before you took that psychedelic trip let me i'm assuming you weren't spiritual either no, I was not spiritual. Um, I went through a brief, maybe rebellious, atheistic phase. Mm-hmm. But um, I, as a young child, my my, my parents, uh, I was a latchkey kid. Are you familiar with that term? Was that yeah, yeah? Um, but just let let the people know what it is. Okay, um, latchkey kid is where you would get off the bus from school and like your house would either be unlocked or you would know where there's a key or you'd have a key and mm-hmm. you'd be like an eight-year-old kid unsupervised at home from like three to seven or eight even sometimes or even more so it's like the kids who raised themselves in a lot of ways while mom and dad um, were working yeah well mom mom and or dad were working yeah um you, you just have to become self-sufficient mm-hmm. right away and one of their um, child care methods was actually to find the local churches that had like children's nights and that would come with their bands and pick you up and go. Mm-hmm. So uh, on any given week, I'd go to one to four different churches for different, like just to get us out of the house and mm-hmm. just that for us to have supervision. My parents weren't religious. They didn't give a fuck about Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that taught me right away that not that religion's a joke, but that because there's so many different types of religions and that there's like all these overlaps, but then also just apparently distinct differences and people are fighting over arbitrary differences. Right, right. The the core message, the core message of the Christ consciousness has been entirely lost. Um, And so, yeah, I was not religious at all. I was just agnostic or indifferent, maybe. uh, but not spiritual at all. So, so, okay, so you talked about this Christ consciousness that has been lost. What, in your opinion, what is this Christ consciousness? Yes. Okay. Thank you. That's a, that's a great question. I'm, I, I hope I have. I wrote something. I hope that I can find. Um, okay. 
I love that you have so, notes too, brother. I think you're the no, no. Our, our other guests have not had notes, but I love it when people do that. Um, you in one of your episodes, you said get some notes out, so I literally did. Good. good. Um, so during that mushroom trip experience, um, I spent the first four hours of it crying, just just crying. Sad um, crying or happy crying? Both, both. Just like so, yeah. It'd be I'd cry like from sadness or something, but like it was the it was just so much. It happy and sad crying. And then I spent um, the next four hours bathed in what I describe as the divine glory of unconditional love and cosmic unity. Yep. And when I came back to reality, I knew I needed to make it my mission to bring as much of that experience with me to this realm. And so it's it's this... You, it's this frustrating, unique sensation, not unique, but like, like when you know that it exists, but you just can't feel it or tap into it. Mm -hmm. Um, that's ego. And that's where, um, self-actualization comes into work. Um, uh, but then it also, it, it, as Carl Jung writes, he uses the word numinous a lot and i really like that word and uh i might sp spell it n-u-m-u-n-i-o-u-s numinous i think i spelled that correctly um but it's like this vague sort of word to describe define spiritual um i i don't believe in the god that some people talk about like uh, a a character Okay. I believe in the universe as a, an individual uh, entity. We're all interconnected. Um, uh, so a lot of people talk about like sort of the non-duality. There we go, that word. Um, okay. How we appear to be separated, but we're not. Yeah. Um, and this is where it gets into philosophy. But then also, um, I love thinking about cosmology and like quantum physics and thinking about the Big Bang. Mm -hmm. um, and I know this is not at all connected to, uh, it's kind of connected to consciousness and your initial question is the Christ consciousness. I apologize. I can ramble. You're good. You're um, good. I love it. Um, but yeah, so that divine glory and that, that unity. And so, um, and, and then I was able to begin to apply that to myself. And um, in the pursuit of rebuilding myself, because I didn't necessarily like who I was. That was actually the impetus for me doing the mushrooms. I was like, I don't like who I am. And a friend of mine was like, you should try this. And I was at a point where I was like, okay, I will. Um, and then. So did you research into it or I'm you sorry, just, no. so did you research about it or you just dove in? I just dove in. Okay. Uh, I trusted the friend. I trusted the friend. Uh -huh. And so I just dove in. Let me ask you, I, I'm, I'm assuming that this guy's, uh, he was maybe, I don't want to say on, on a higher vibration than you, but he was more aware. He knew the power of the mushrooms. And so he was already on his type of journey. Yeah. So it was a female friend. Uh -huh. um, 
and she was very uh yes she was very wise uh i'm very thankful to have met her and for the wisdom she shared with me so she has a big contribution into what your life has become huge that's amazing like, Yes. Yeah, that's why I always ramble. I don't like really talking about it because I know, like I said before, they're not for everyone. Psychedelics are not for everyone. But if we were educated in a way where we were taught how to self-actualize, psychedelics would definitely be one of the tools that would be talked about more often and it would be a great change to the world. If people could just know about these tools that can help you internalize and introspect yourself and really, really examine what, what we're doing here on this world. And, and so when you think like that they're illegal, it, it's hard not to go to a dubious place. It's hard not to be like, okay, maybe people do see their potential and don't want people waking up. Right. So yeah. it's, it's just like, I, I, I am so skeptical of the government and I'm so skeptical of institutions. And, uh, I know, uh, 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 yeah, that's all. <laughs> okay, now we're good. Okay, so let me talk. So you started waking up at 27. That's when you started looking into uh, the government and the corruption and all this, or uh, you already had an inkling about this, this type of stuff. Pretty had an inkling. I have always kind of leaned libertarian, even as a teenager. I had discovered the writings of Ayn Rand. Um, and, I, and I'm not saying like I love all of her work, but her work really introduced me to objectivity and trying to think as rationally as possible, as logically as possible, um, which was good and bad because I think that led to me. And so I know during one of your other episodes, you talked about trauma. We can bring that in. Um, trauma in my life. It it didn't force isn't the right word, but almost as like a psychological defense me mechanism. I hyper compartmentalized a lot of aspects of life and I was a hyper rational person. Mm -hmm. And so that burying and suppressing of, of part of my personality, I have a strong intuitive sen sense, but I, I had to like ignore that. And when you ignore your intuitive sense, you ignore all of your the red flags that are saying this is wrong this is wrong mm -hmm. and so i'm literally burying all these red flags while trying to participate in society and being a libertarian was one way one like fringe way where you could kind of um, not bury as many flags mm -hmm. you could actually talk about some of the fascist shit our government does right. um, but now i'm like full just anarchist essentially um, not the Antifa kind, mm -hmm. um, need to differentiate there. They're a weird bunch of people. Yeah. No, but, I, I think um, it's important that we, uh, define, uh, what do you call it? Anti, anti, anarchism, because people think anarchism means, uh, anything goes, everything's wild. Uh, but the real meaning of anarchy means that there are no masters and no slaves and people are free to govern themselves. Yep. Right, right. Uh, that's it, you know, and just the one rule I think like almost every anarchist has is do not violate the non-aggression principle. Right, which is? Um, uh, do not harm someone. Mm -hmm. Do not like invade someone's personal space. 
Um, and then that can extend to like property rights and that's a whole philosophical conversation um, for us as a society that we need to have. But um, yeah, I, I don't want to drag things back to the culture wars, but maybe I will for a brief minute because like on my YouTube channel, um, if you guys want to check it out. Um, yeah, yeah, plug it up. Uh, heavyweights light fields all, all together trying, one word right sorry, one word together heavyweight light fields um I, i've actually attempted to have conversations with people who consider themselves like left-leaning or progressive which is the opposite of anarchism mm -hmm. anarchism is generally i hate the whole left-right dichotomy but we have to kind of talk about it to transcend it mm -hmm. and so um I've attempted to have conversations with them, these people, but it's just difficult. Right. They're, the, the NPC programming comes out and, um, shoot, I don't even know how we got here. I'm sorry. No, you're um, good. That's, that's what I wanted to start moving into because uh, I checked out your YouTube page and I saw a bunch of cool videos, especially the one you had about your free basic nutrition coaching, which I want to talk And uh, because everybody wants to charge for their coaching, and I, I just love that you put it out there for free for anybody. And uh, also that other video you had about uh, the, the hypocrisy of the left side. But tell us about your YouTube channel, when you started it, and why, and what it's about. Okay, yeah, awesome. My dream was to follow in the footsteps of Elliot Holmes. Are you familiar with him? No. Uh, so... From what I understand, he's recently gone pretty radical, and I know people would say that about me, but I think maybe the direction he's gone like hyper-Christian conservative radical in the less Christ-consciousness open-minded version. What's his name? I'm not trying to like, um, Elliot Hulse. Okay, yeah, he had a podcast like a, or what? Uh, uh, so he had like a YouTube channel, Strength Camp. Okay. And he'd talk about like books and themes from the books he read and he'd, uh, he'd answer user questions, but then he'd also uh, give tutorials on how to do various uh, strength training exercises and activities. And that was the model I wanted to follow. Um, and so I left my corporate job in 2017 to, I actually went to massage therapy school, so I'm a licensed massage therapist as well. Oh, that's badass. Um, and I, And I'm a personal trainer and a nutrition coach. So I'm kind of like, I'm trying to market myself as a health and wellness coach. Yeah. Um, but with the whole, and I'm trying to use words that are YouTube friendly, the whole bug that we've been experiencing over the last few years. Right. Um, it has really exposed the... Uh, you're a podcast guy. I'm sure you like Joe Rogan. Right. Um, you know the Robert Malone, the yeah. mass psychosis hysteria? Mm -hmm. um, I absolutely believe that's a thing. Right. And so now um, I never uh, – my dream is still to open the gym, but that's like five years out. Right now I just need to put my effort into trying to wake people up from the mass psychosis hysteria. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just talk about current issues – Um, but trying to break the mainstream narrative or I try to talk about ideas around the issues. So like one example, the hypocrisy of the left, um, my body, my choice mm -hmm. right now with the passports and mandates, I'm shocked at the silence of 
people who used to be screaming at the top of their lungs, my body, my choice. Right. Um, but that's because they're programmed. And it's so wild because they're on the side of the establishment mm -hmm. and they like years, like just a year. It, it's, it's wild. It's so wild. And so, um, I, I'm just this, like, uh, I, I just want to talk. Uh, thank you again for having me. I love being heard and I love these conversations. Um, and that's, this is how I'm trying to contribute to waking people up because right. there are people in my life who I have conversations with behind the scenes that are kind of astonishing to me. And I was like, I'm done having these weird behind the scenes conversations, put your money where your mouth is and go public. Right. And people won't do that because they know their ideas and their beliefs will not withstand scrutiny. Right. Exactly. Um, I feel like one of the good things from this uh, bug that went around worldwide is it pushed people because like you said, I knew all about this stuff. I've been researching this stuff since I was 17 years old. And what good did it do that I filled my head with all this knowledge and I wasn't doing anything with it? I wasn't sharing it with other people or trying to have these conversations or try to have a better understanding. It was just me and myself against the world, basically. But now I like I always push that idea too. I saw you had a video about finding the others. And I think that's one of the most important things that we can do is realize who you are, improve yourself and then find the others. And then you'll start creating plans and ideas of of what to do to take take the world back, essentially. But on and you're doing it um your passion like i can feel your passion and it's, it's awesome and maybe i'll like circle back some conversations and say that i like some of the core ideas of what capitalism stands for and to me that's like freedom that's property rights so your body that starts at your body mm -hmm. property rights begins at your body you own your body Mm -hmm. then we can talk about you own what your body can produce. Uh, uh, but in making health and wellness affordable, uh, free nutrition coaching is something that uh, macronutrient coaching specifically. So that's like uh, if you're familiar with people who track their protein, calorie, uh, proteins, carbs, and fats, and track how many calories they consume in a day and so they have targets to hit yeah yeah and it's kind of a very it's a really easy way to begin to just even look at your diet right right um and it takes like 15 minutes to kind of create the initial this is the starting point um and one of the biggest factors for the bug was uh, actually your weight like they were saying that obese people and then people with comorbidities were most impacted by the bug and so i'm like that's another thing when you talk about the propaganda and how our government doesn't actually want us to be healthy they're not at all talking about diet and exercise right i think that one of that's the biggest hypocrisy if they really care about our health why didn't they make gyms free or why didn't they give us free universal health care or why didn't they mandate people to work out or to meditate or to or why didn't they enforce organic food only they don't give a shit the, the, they're forcing a narrative so they can lead you down a path so they can control you and force you to do what they want. It's not about about health at all. Because like I said, if it was really about health, where, where's the free gyms? Where's the organic food being sent out to all the people? None of that's happening. They're giving you donuts to take what they want you to take. 
They're giving you the most unhealthiest shit. Free beer, donuts, uh, fries. It's not about health. And I think we've already touched on multiple fronts of what we call the spiritual war, where it's more than not just about health. It's, it's, it's about control and it's about uh, suppressing consciousness. Right. So they want, and this is where it gets weird, where unchecked capitalism or crony capitalism, which is more of what I think we have now, can lead to where we're at. Mm -hmm. This is just a weird blend of like fascism slash crony capitalism. Uh, but I, I, I think of it as they need us to fuel their sick game. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's really, really hard for people to under, like, it creates so much cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. Like even now I struggle with it. And so when we talk about breaking the mass psychosis hysteria uh, and trying to connect with our friends and family members who may have disconnected from us, because I've lost a lot of friends and family members over the years, it's, it's under finding that compassion and that love and helping them along because I feel like that's what we need to do next is reach the people who are beginning to wake up. Yeah, I think, yeah, the way that they're forcing this, it's red-pilling a lot of people. People are seeing the, the obviousness. I know a lot of people who were first, yeah, following all the mandates and taking all the jabs, and now they're like, I did everything y'all told me, and we're still not back to normal. So there are a bunch of people. This woke up a lot of people. And I think we're already in the process of awakening. Before this happened, there was protests in Hong Kong. There was protests all across Europe. People were realizing that it was big pharma and the corrupt politicians that, that created all this treachery that's growing around the world. But So they realized this, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons that they pushed this fake um, worldwide bug that's going on to suppress it. But now... In trying to suppress it, it grew even more. It was like a bubble under the rug. It, by them trying to suppress it, it grew and grew and grew. And now, with everything that's happening in Canada, it's just like, wow. I don't know if it's controlled oppositions, but wow, how many people are, are seeing the truth? The Yeah, I'm wondering, like, it could have started, the Canada thing you mentioned, could have started as controlled opposition, but I feel it's real now. It's yeah. so real. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I want to go back to that. Okay, because your YouTube channel is real interesting. I want people to go check out the video you did on, because you did a video on uh, basic nutrition coaching. Could you just run us through what that video is about so that people can go check it out? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you want to just begin, I always assume a weight loss journey, but maybe you want to bulk up. We can do that too. Um, if you want to begin a journey, um, you can email me. I have my email address on my YouTube channel. Um, I don't know if show notes on Spotify, we can do that as well. But um, what I'll do is I'll take basic information from you, which is like your age, your current weight, your lifestyle. So if you have an office job or a warehouse job, which you're going to factor into the math. Um, and then your goals. So if you want to lose weight, you want to gain weight, kind of how fast. Do you want to have more of a protein diet or a carbohydrate diet? And that can depend on your body type and also your personal preferences. Um, so some people's body types, and we can get super nerdy if you want, but like there are three basic categories of meso or three basic types, a mesomorph, an ectomorph, and an endomorph. 
And so you can think of like a tall, skinny person who eats everything and just stays skinny. And they don't have to be tall, but just a skinny person that eats a lot and runs always skinny. Or a person that you know that can kind of gain weight or lose weight with ease. Mm-hmm. Um, or kind of like a, a Viking type of just thick monster. Just thick <laughs> monster. Um, so those are the, the body types, and they'll factor a little bit into determining how many calories you should eat in a day mm-hmm. and how that should be distributed between your protein, your carbohydrates, and your fats. And then uh, that's basic. But if you want to get even further, people will track like their fiber and their water intake as well. Those are uh, advised. And even beyond that, it's micronutrient supplementation. Um, I don't actually offer that service, but I have a network of people that do. And so I'm just trying to help people who are at the beginning stages because that's where it's easiest to make progress. That's where often people wear the 50 to $100 barrier to entry. It even stops them from beginning the journey where, you know, a nutrition coach might only charge 50 bucks, but uh, you just, if you're at that point where you're not ready to commit, um, or also I know the economy is just frigging, golly, talking about, you mentioned red pills earlier. That's red pilling a whole lot of people Uh um you know uh i just i want to help people and this is a way to kind of pass time and help people while building towards my dream of a gym and so um those are kind of the key components of basic macronutrient coaching we tell you how many calories proteins carbs and fats to eat Uh, we can even talk then on an individual level um how you want to break those out through the day so for example i actually do a lot of fasting so lately i've been doing just like the one meal a day style where i only eat like one meal really kind of at night and then i go to bed wow um uh and so there's just like in the more advanced coaching a lot of paths to go um but uh one of my favorite books the Tao Te Ching. uh it's uh, if you're uh, can't sleep at night. It's spelled T A O space T E space C H I N G. Type that into YouTube and listen to someone read it. It's a book of little poems, Eastern poems that have immense, like, sort of wisdom embedded within them. They're beautiful. They're, anyways. See, like, if I were to do that, sorry for interrupting, but if I were to do that, I wouldn't go to sleep, brother. I'd just get up and start writing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You you have one of those minds. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But one of the expressions is the journey of a thousand miles begins at your feet. Wow, Um, that's cool. And I just want to make it easy for people to begin the journey because once you begin gaining momentum, you just, like, people become empowered and they take control and then you don't even like it, it, then we can talk about money later no that, that's beautiful bro i think that's the most thing that the first steps that people take is like their baby steps but it's beautiful to see them go because once they start going like i'm going to come to talk to some people in the future that that have had like real hard lives and they've transformed it and it's beautiful to see and that's what i'm after also helping people how do you do this how do you realize that there needs to be a change in your life and how to go about doing it and the fact that you're giving out this free Nutrition coaching is beautiful, brother. But um, so okay, let's move. Okay, so anything else you want to say about that coaching? Anything else? Uh, 
No, we're good. Thank you. Okay, okay. Okay, so ever since I was a kid, um, I realized that politics was like wrestling. It's all a show. And I admit that I also did get swept up under some of the policies and, and the things that Bernie, Bernie Sanders was saying. Because it seemed like he was trying to help people. But to, see, to me now, I don't look for saviors. I don't look for anyone out there that's going to save me. I'm just trying to work on myself and help the people around me. Um, so you were talking in one video about the hypocrisy of the left. And I guess you kind of mentioned it with them saying, my body, my choice. And now they're going through the mental gymnastics to oppose that. But... Uh, I want to also hear what are some of the hypocrisies of the right? Do you have any? The hypocrisies of the right? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Besides, oh, let's see. I'm trying to think. Because I just want to, I like to put both sides because I don't think there's one side or the other. I think, like I posted something the other day, like we're, I think we're at a time and an age where people need to realize that we need to stop looking for politicians to solve our answers. We need to realize that we have the technology and the power to, to govern ourselves and to, to vote in the policies that we want. Representative government existed back in the day, 200 years ago, when not everybody could go to Congress and vote on an issue. So that's why they elected a person from a single county. And this person back then, because they had morals and they had... They had a deep connection with their people. They actually represented their people. But now, through lobbying and through all this corruption and money, um, the, the politicians don't really represent the people anymore. And I think this is what has caused all this division. That the people that are in in Congress, they don't, they're not in touch. They're out of touch with the people that they're representing. So I, that's why I like I want to point out the hypocrisy of both sides. And if you don't, it's fine. We'll just move on. Oh, no. Um, well, so marijuana is one example. There's, so, there's such squares on cannabis. Right, right, right. And then, um, like, another example is um, the abortion debate. And that's, that, that's a very tricky one, and I understand it. But, um, and even right now, I don't necessarily know what I believe in the, um, you know, so if I believe my body is my property, at what point does my body become my body? Mm-hmm. And that's a question I'm still grappling with, especially when you add in the element of, okay, at what point does the soul enter the body mm-hmm. if we do, in fact, have souls? Okay. And so is it, like, wrong to abort a baby once it has a soul? How do you know when it has a soul? I don't know. But from just, like, a practical standpoint, uh, I'm, I lean more pro-choice in that from, I, I think we're overpopulated, not, and everyone says, we have the landmass. And I'm like, yes, we have the landmass, but that's not the only resource we need to account for. And then we also need to, like, man, we need to get this, this like, respect for the family unit put back into our culture. Because I'm a hippie, and, like, I'm, I'm not a square when it comes to a lot of social constructs. But just from an anthropological perspective, the family unit is the core unit that you need stable for a tribe to be stable right um and so if somebody already has like five kids that they're not taking good care of i would want them to have an abortion if it was if it was early enough right Mm -hmm. um but then like that gets to the deeper level of why do we have people with so many kids and why do we have so many shitty parents and then right all the trauma like we're a traumatized generation yeah see from my point of view is i don't i feel like i can't say anything because i'm not a woman so but other than that if, if i was to give my opinion it's like you said 
why are we at this point where people are just having sex without really thinking about the responsibility that comes with it? Why aren't people first connecting and figuring out who themselves? Because I believe if we lived in a society that really helped people self-actualize, we wouldn't have the need to have all these abortions. People would really know who they are. And they would know what they want to do with their lives and they wouldn't just be doing what they want to do and without really thinking through of, of their, what their actions are, are doing. 100%, yes. Um, and my brain immediately goes to like, but the ruling class needs a surf class. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is, is unfortunate. Um, and I had a question kind of for you in that like, you mentioned politics is like wrestling and that you realize you kind of just don't, you can't look for a savior, you know, and I had that realization too, after I loved Andrew Yang, I thought he was so cool, mm -hmm. but then just like, I realized I'm like, there's no one who's going to really be the savior. It's going to be, have to be us at like a grassroots right. level. Mm -hmm. Um, so like what, what suggestions do you have for what we can do? Um, you know, I get really disenfranchised and depressed sometimes. Like, what, what, what steps should we be taking? Well, that, that's why I always repeat my motto. My motto is, uh, I know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then we'll know what to do. So it starts, like you said, at, the, at an individual basis. Figure out who you are, take care of your body, heal your body, become the best, most powerful, most badass version of yourself. And then once you do that, go and find the others. Go find people like us. Go find the people that are also working on themselves because these are the people that, that are actually thinking and that are actually trying to figure things out. And sadly, a lot of people in society aren't doing that. But, but if, if we could do it ourselves, we can be a testimony to others. We can show that by putting in the work, you can change your life. And I didn't, I didn't really believe this because I would hear it on podcasts I love to listen to podcasts, and I would always hear people say or mention the idea of, you know, just follow your dreams and everything will work out. And I would be like, yeah, easy for you to say. You already made it. But it was that mentality, that defeatist mentality of me saying, nah, I'm not even going to try. But ever since I created this Instagram channel and I doing this podcast and actually putting in work, it's the, the, the synchronicities, the people that I've met, the things that I've learned, it's... 180 and I totally now believe in that in that thing of really go after what you're passionate and what you're desiring and the universe will open itself up to you so that that's what I say improve yourself go find people who are similar like you and then we'll start talking and then we'll start figuring things out so like if you're asking me what do we do so it's easy it's all the things we already know go to sleep early eat properly if you can have your own garden have your own organic food meditate sun gaze, uh, pray, really get in touch with who you are. And in doing this, yeah, you might be in a shitty world, but you'll, you'll be amazed at the difference that creates in your mindset. Those are a lot of the things that are kind of on my, my goal list. I don't have a garden now, but I want a garden. Um, and uh, I want to keep investing and in, in connecting uh, mentioned the synchronicity uh, you're you're gonna you're like you got it man um i can just tell i can just tell my intuition is telling me that like this is going to be a very fruitful endeavor for me. And yeah and I, um, I'm, I'm sure i met a friend for life I'm, we're comrades now and you know to bring it back to what else do we do because you mentioned you want to open up a gym and that's kind of also it's not a dream of mine but it's this idea that I've had that if I could, if I had the money, if I had the funds, 
I would buy like a plaza or like a center where we could have a gym, we could have a bookstore, we could have a yoga studio, where you could have a cryogenic center, where you could have one of those, um, what are those pods that you can lay in and you can meditate and your body dissolves? Um, uh, like the float tanks? Yeah, the one that Joe Rogan uses. Or the uses. sensory... Yeah, sensory deprivation tanks. That'd be one of those. Yeah. That would be a, an organic garden store. You know, it would be this plaza where you can go and, and heal and really fix yourself. It would have um, acupuncture. It would have people doing um, alternative healing methods. It's just a one-stop shop for people to come and improve and basically um, become the best version of yourself. So that would be one of my dreams if, if I had the funds. And maybe you could do that. Take my idea. I don't care. Anyone, anyone of y'all steal my idea. Open up a center where it's a one-stop shop for everything, you know. Uh, they even have massage therapy. You know, anything you could think of that helps people feel better and, and fix their body. Think about it. Just put it all in there. And it'd be, uh, to me, I, I don't know why that doesn't exist. We're going to build it. And I think like one of the cool terms that is going to hopefully gain more popularity is the new earth. I love that idea. Yeah, I heard you mention it on the video. What is that? Because when I heard you first say my mind was trying to go to the new world order, but no, I think you mean it in a whole different sense. So could you please elaborate? It, it's um, where I first heard it, but it's not exclusively where I uh, am deriving information is from actually Dolores Cannon. Um, and some people might not necessarily like her work. She is a channeler, not a channeler. I don't think that's the right word. She does, no, no, she does past life regressions. Oh yeah, I saw that video. Life. I wanted to ask you about her. Yeah, please, sorry. Yeah, uh, so she, she talks about it a lot. And so that's also where I learned kind of to come back to Jesus as well. And so I'm not like a traditional Christian, but I absolutely believe Jesus was a person, an ascended master, and had a beautiful message, the Christ consciousness. Right. But and so the new the new earth she talks about is is just all of us who are trying to awaken and to raise our vibration. We're going to how I personally interpret it is while occupying the same space as everyone else. We're literally just going to rebuild the planet. We're going to rebuild the infrastructure. We're going to do all the work without getting the permissions and without getting the permits right. and without the legislation. We're just going to do it. And it's going to literally, it's going to take hundreds of years. You know, we're just, we're getting it kicked off, but uh, uh, that's how we're going to do it. It's going to just be people doing what needs to get done. Right, right. And so it's not actually, to me, it's not going to be a whole other physical reality. It could be. I, I'm, I'm open if y'all want it to invite me. But I, it, I try to, my pre-mushroom, I kept half of my pre-mushroom hyper-rational self. Uh -huh. And that that side of me says, no, it's it's still this planet. It's a spherical planet that we live on in, in this galaxy, in this universe. Um, physics more or less apply, um, but, and that's like where it's so hard to talk about reality and spirituality, but you have to, and it's so much fun. And, and so that's what I see the new earth as, is a lot of people just, they're no longer waiting for permission to be their authentic selves and for authority to just do what needs to be done. Right. People are just going to develop the courage and the tenacity. 
Right on, right on. That actually reminds me of a video. I'm going to encourage all of y'all to please pause the podcast and go listen. It's this video. It's, uh, I don't know, just go to YouTube and search Terrence McKenna, Trust Yourself. And I love that video. It's about 14 minutes long, and I listen to it at least maybe once a week. And he talks about this idea that, yeah, people, it doesn't take cadres of intellectual elites. It doesn't take planning and organizing. Just walk away from that. Just forget all the ideology and the indoctrination that has been put in you. Re-educate yourself and then trust yourself and, and walk from that. You don't need to wait for the permits or for the permission to do what you want to do. Just do it. Like, stop fucking around. Like, you know that you need to create a change in your life. We all do. And we're all lazy. I also wanted to ask you about this because I think you mentioned the book, The War of Art. Correct? Sun Tzu's The Art of War? Yeah, is this the one about writing? I think that... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he talks often about this resistance that people get. And he talks about it uh, as an example for people who want to work out. You get this resistance of, ah, I feel lazy, I don't want to go today, or it's too cold, or I'm too tired, or it's too late. We have this resistance that it comes up in any aspect of life, whether it be at your job, or like I said, working out, or spirituality, or uh, writing, or doing something that you want to do. This resistance comes up, and it hinders you, and it keeps you from becoming the most positive version that you could become. Why do you think that people are so easy to seek comfort and let resistance overtake them? Uh, oh, okay. I'm sure you've experienced this because you work out and resistance is part of it. You're, re- you're pushing against the weight. They're resi- you're resisting this heavy force and you're, going, you're doing something that you don't want to do, but you know that it's going to help you. So why do you think people are so easy to seek comfort instead of putting themselves through a fire that, that they know will benefit them, but they don't want to do it. So I, short and long answer, I think. So the short answer, resistance is not natural um, in that our entire evolution has been to avoid obstacles and to avoid adversity and to essentially avoid resistance. And so with the industrial revolution and this period we're in, I think called modernity, um, or maybe now I think we're in post-modernity, right? After the age of enlightenment, uh, we have this weird system, this, this weird society where you can live in poverty, but like still survive. Yeah. Because it's just so much easier to barely get by and and i'm gonna go a weird place here maybe but i i I live in the seattle washington area which has a lot of homelessness okay yeah people a a large homelessness problem um you know and i've had my own issues with housing so i have a lot of compassion for these people but i think about it on a psychological level that these people are doing the bare like the absolute bare minimum to survive, but they're still going. Mm-hmm. And what what is it about that in the human that they just they still go? Um, and so I guess that's not like a great answer to like the uh, uh, opposition to resistance. But a, a YouTube video or a podcast recommendation for you because I know you love them. Um, 
have you heard of Donald Hoffman? He gives a lecture called The Nature of Reality. Uh, no, but I'm going to check it out. The Nature of Reality <laughs> by who? Um, essentially, a, he's trying to create a mathematical model that depicts how we perceive reality. Okay. And it's built around this idea that organisms seek what are known as fitness payoffs, not like in the general like working out sense, but like in what increases or decreases their fitness for survival. Okay. And um, he found that ironically, the better that an organism can see reality and what's going on, the worse off they actually are capable of surviving. Um, and one example he uses, it's, uh, he talks about there was this problem, and I think it was Australia, where one of their bugs was becoming extinct and they couldn't figure out why. And it turned out that they have a popular beer brand with a brownish color bottle that when discarded on the land, the male bugs perceived as females and tried to mate with them. Okay. And so the bugs were not reproducing uh -huh. because the males weren't actually impregnating the females. Uh -huh. They were just looking for the quickest, easiest way for the right. creation. Okay. I see. Uh, and it was these bottles that just laid there and let them do their thing. Uh -huh. Um, so then they went about to clean up the bottles and then change the color of the bottle and the bugs began to come back. But then he, it's, it's way deeper than that. He's a, a man leaps and bounds smarter than I, so it would be better if you listen to his podcast. I'll check it but out. But I think that's what I'll, uh, yeah, a lot of people just look for the, the easiest path. The, uh, Sam Tripoli, I don't know if you listened to his, his tinfoil hat, he says that people reach for the low-hanging fruit in life. They just want the easiest fruit that's lowest to the ground where they don't have to work for it. But when you really find out is the the t the fruit on top that's juicier and even better, but it takes work to get to it. I that's so true. Um, uh, why? Who knows? Uh, I think it's systematic, yeah. and it's it's a symptom of how society is created. Like like we kept saying earlier, everything from the beginnings of being born and going to school, it's it's not really teaching you to become your highest potential. It's just like you said, just to survive on the bare minimum, not really looking, barely scratching the surface of what this reality is all about. Just like, I don't know, if you really researched though, school was created off of the Prussian system, which was brought over here, which schooling was really designed to create factory workers. It wasn't created to uh, make intellectual people that question and, and really think and ponder about things. It's just people are smart enough just to push the buttons and not to question. I have heard that, and I've seen like the images of the desks in a row with the the bells on the wall, and how they look very similar to a penitentiary. Right. Um, and then just historically, I I like trying to connect patterns and cycles, and it seems like the pattern of oppression is one that is not new to the world we live in today. It's actually something humanity has been fighting for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. Um, 
and I, I'm not saying I at all believe in this, but I'm very like curious. Have you heard of the Anunnaki and yeah. that whole that whole theory? Yeah, it's very interesting. C could you just break it down in simple terms for for people? The story of Enki and Enlil, right? There's yeah, all these different stories, Enki and Enlil, but the one that I guess I'm more intrigued by is that. Uh, the Anunnaki are fallen angels. Yeah, yeah, that's my... That, Go ahead, sorry. That, that came to Earth, um, and I don't know... So again, so I say I don't believe in this because I don't know, but it, it, my intuition is telling me to pursue it. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested. They came to Earth, and there's kind of like the old... Uh, Jordan Peterson gives a talk about it, the brother... Um, the hostile brother motif. Inky and Enlil kind of are combat, combat with one another. One has sympathy and compassion for humanity, the other doesn't. And then a lot of our sort of biblical and religious myths can be tracked to not a lot of, not Luba, I apologize. Some of them. Myself. Some of them, thank you, yes. Uh, like the flood myth uh, is one that has roots with Inky and Enlil. Um, and then also just all kinds of religions around the world. It's not exclusive to Judeo-Christian religions, but um, this idea that um, people have been for hundreds of thousands of years used as slaves first to mine gold. Right. And as time progressed, just kind of whatever the necessity of the evil Anunnaki want. Um, and so when I think about, I did not do a great job at describing Let, let me help you out, brother. Let me help you out. So Thank you. <laughs> according to this idea of the Anunnaki, is there these, these aliens supposedly, but I see them as fallen angels like you. These aliens supposedly came to Earth because their planet was dying and they needed gold to spray in their atmosphere because their sun was burning up their planet. So their idea was they got gold from... Hello? Hold on. Okay, sorry, cut off. I got scared we weren't recording. But okay, so they, these Anunnaki, they needed gold. So they came to this planet and they realized there was gold on this earth. So they created these... They created people or they created different versions before of people. And these people... First of all, the first ones were too intelligent and too strong, and they realized that they could overthrow the Anunnaki, so they destroyed him with the idea of the flood or other methods. <clears throat> and they did several iterations of humans, but they, realized, they, they finally came to our version, which is very spiritual and very smart, but can easily be indoctrinated and, and led to believe anything. So they used us to mine gold, and these brothers were kind of the generals, in charge of this planet, they were uh, the ones who gave orders of what to do, how to how to move the gold, how to get it off the planet. But these brothers, like you said, they had a disagreement. One of them loved humans and it was compassionate toward them, but the other was just like these are just slaves, they're workers. Don't don't um, don't fall in love with them or don't help them. They're just here to do our our willing our, our behest. They're at our behest. So they had the disagreement, and this is where the whole ideology of, of God and Lucifer, of this adversary force, comes in. And yeah, like you said, it spills over into different religions, and it has become the myth that people have uh, maybe misinterpreted or retold to, to help people understand what's going on. But 
Yeah, what, what about this story? Because you mentioned it. What, what about these Anunnaki and fallen angels? Uh, so you, you did a great job. Thank you. Um, I'm inclined to believe that there's some truth to that and that the history of humanity being used as slaves is long and connecting everything back to trying to help break the cognitive dissonance that people experience as we wake up. That might not be the greatest example to start with, but that's definitely one to eventually break out because you don't even have to go that far back to the Anunnaki, but I, 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 I like to, but even just go back to the Egyptian times where they say slaves built the pyramids, but that's debatable. Um, it, we, during this awakening process, um, focusing on raising awareness to the oppression of humanity is key. Um, and the Anunnaki stories, they're fun. And it's kind of connected to, I was listening to one of your podcasts, the um, power, no, not the power of knowledge, the one we fucked up, I think is what it was titled. <laughs> okay. Um, you guys had a great conversation on alchemy. Right. And the transmuting of sort of negative negativity, the turning the lead into the gold. Um, when our consciousness is suppressed, we're unable to partake in those activities. Right. And so, uh, we have a very long history of being suppressed. Further tells me that we're on the right path right. and we need to keep doing what we're doing. Um, that was more or less what I wanted to bring up with the Anunnaki. Thank you for uh, the better description. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I just, I really, I, we've just been slaves for a long time and right. we need to stop that crap. Right, right. And, and yeah, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, to me, there's many different stories that tell you this story. You could talk about the Anunnaki or you could talk about the rulers and the kings. Yeah, it's just always a story of people, a few people on top uh, controlling and manipulating everybody at the bottom for, just for their own sake. Uh, because at the end of the day, it's not really about money because they have all the money. They can print all the money that they want. But it's really, like you said, this is all a spiritual war. It's, it's about controlling and manipulating your attention and your loose energy. That's what I believe. What was that word? Loose energy. You should look that up. L-O-O-S-H. L-O-O-S-H. Thank you, because that's a question I've been like pondering is like, what are they trying to extract from us? Besides, like, you look at Jeffrey Epstein, it's like, okay, yeah, so they're all, they want us traumatized so that people they can exploit on these physical levels. But is there, like, a more spiritual essence that they're literally stealing from us? That's what I think. That's what me and Andrew's whole spiel is. We think that, like, my, my biggest conspiracy, conspiracy theory, which is real, I believe, is that the greatest trick the devil, the devil ever pulled was to man, get mankind to not believe in spirituality. Because that's all it comes down to. There's a verse in the Bible. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But it says something about we're not fighting against flesh and blood. Let me, let me find it really quick. Flesh and blood, Bible. Uh, I don't know how much time you have, but after this quote, if you wouldn't mind talking a little bit about loose energy, I'd be curious. I, I'm going to Google it, but okay. um, you have a great way of 
uh, you have a great way of describing things. So okay, well, this is actually the idea that I got from Sam Tripoli, and it's something that I've ha kind of hinted at, but I didn't know it was defined and well explained. But Sam Tripoli, you listen to Tinfoil Hat podcast? I know of Tim Pool. No, no, no. It's a Sam Tripoli. It's Tin Foil Hat Podcast. I highly recommend. That's Foil where, hat. yeah, okay. That's where I believe. I not to that. No, I've learned so much from them. Sam Tripoli is a shit. I, I believe one day I'll talk to him. But um, yeah, he's like a black belt and conspiracy theorist. But yeah, he's the one who basically spelled it out for me because I had an inkling of what this was, but I couldn't really understand it or define it. But Loosh energy is the spark of God, that, uh, that spiritual force that's inside of all of us. And um, it can be taken away from you by, by, by the things that they offer you, by the things the world offers you, like money, um, status, wealth, um, sex, uh, material items. Whenever you crave or desire something, these things become owning you. So when, for example, once you buy, make it big, you have the big car, the big house. Yeah, you think you have all these things, but in the back of your mind, you're kind of a slave. You're in, you're tied to chain to these things because they're, you're in your personality or your what's the word, the, your purpose or your your being is defined by these things. So you're not really looking at yourself. So they steal your loose energy through different methods. Through movies, they have you watching mindless things that are actually programming you and putting things into your subconscious mind. By you focusing on these entertainment or these idols, these stars, you're giving them your energy when that energy should be going to God. So I believe that like this whole spiritual warfare, the prize is your soul, your loose energy, what you have inside of you that can be used to help others. So like you said, we've been oppressed for this purpose, to keep you from realizing who you are, because if you realize who you are, you'll realize you're a spiritual being and there is a God, a creator, and that our purpose here is to, to learn that and to use our talents to, to serve others. That's that, like, it, the image I get in my head is something literally transferring from like whether it be a phone or a laptop or a tv screen like the transmission of an energy source and mm -hmm. it's not from the device human it's from the human to the device yes yeah. like something's literally being extracted yep yep so, so like what that's the mess the, the image i get too like when i see people watching tv they're kind of like it's sort of similar to somebody who's on heroin they're immobile they're just staring they have that blank stare uh, they're not moving. So you can kind of see, in my mind, I see like energy, like a wire connecting to the TV and it's sucking up your energy. I, I still watch like, I, I watch like YouTube videos and lectures mostly, but like I'm, I still use the damn TV. But you know, the still... thing is, I do too, because I, I like to read the symbolism that they put to help wake others up. And the thing is, once you become aware of the programming and the subliminal symbolism, it, it doesn't affect you. It actually empowers you because you see how they're operating and you can disclose this information to others. So, yeah, like you, yeah, I still watch movies and uh, primetime TV sometimes, but it's to help me uh, understand how their symbolism works. And so, like I said, once you're aware of it, it it's not really harming you. It's empowering you. 
and that opens up like more questions I have. Um, I think you were was it you guys were talking about the the Freemasons? Yeah. Do you know about the Freemasons? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so like I I know that the Mason lodges exist and like it's an organization, but I hear this term like thirty third or thirty second degree mm-hmm. Freemason just thrown around, and it's it's kind of like one of those things where. What does that actually mean? How does someone get there? Okay, well, uh, it's, it's pretty complicated, but I'll see if I can break it down. Okay, so you have this organization of the Freemasons, and society considers these just as people who are trying to become successful and create connections. And yes, that's true because they do um, give donations to hospitals and stuff, but there's a secret part of the Freemasons. I'm going to send you, write this down. You should watch this uh, documentary. It's like five hours long. It's by this guy named um, Altian Childs. I will send you the link in a bit, but um, you have to look for it through DuckDuckGo because if you look for it through YouTube, it won't come up. But yeah, search up Altian, A-L-T-I-Y-A-N, Childs, C-H-I-L-D-S. And he breaks down this whole idea of the Freemasons, and it's like basically... It's a front for Satanism. Behind it, once you start... So the Freemasons, they have 33 degrees. It's kind of like you ascend. You start in the first level, you move second, third, fourth, and there's 33 levels. And this gets into occult numerology and all this stuff. But to keep it simple, you begin progressing. And the 32 and the 33 degrees are like the highest level to achieve. Not many Masons get to that level. So what happens is... You enter the Freemasons and you think it's just a nice society to, to gain status and to be better connected. But once you start ascending, there's this one ritual I read about that they do is they take you into a, a room where it's just you and a person higher than you. And he, he hands you this cross and he says, spit on it. So there's two ways that you can go about this. Some people will not spit on it. They say, no, I will not defile my Savior, my God or whatever. And they both pass. So one guy says, no, I won't spit on it. And the other guy spits on it. He says, yes, this is just a symbol that has been used to manipulate mankind. And both men are told that they pass. But the one who really passes into the dark, satanic side of Freemason is the one who spits on the cross. Because once they spit on the cross, they know that they can be corrupted and that their mind is, is easily molded. And that's how they, be, they ascend into higher levels. And they're slowly being indoctrinated into satanic ideology. And it's very gradual and it's very compartmentalized that people don't know it. By the time that they realize it, they're worshiping Lucifer. So that whole idea of the 33rd and the 33 degrees come from numerology that Jesus died when he was 33 years old. You, your spinal column has 33 vertebrae, 33 bones, and it leads up to your spine where you become enlightened. It's this reference to this number of change because it also exists in, in temperature. Uh, water freezes at uh, 32 degrees, but once it reaches the third degree, it, it melts and it can expand and it grows. So it has a lot to do with symbolism, and it's very interesting. You should look into that video I told you. It'll explain it way better. It's five hours long, and he was this rock star. He was like a giant rock star in Australia. Imagine the Kings of Leon from here in Australia. And he was big, he made it, he was giant, but he quit and he, he made this video to explain what Freemasons really are. And he says that it's a satanic religion, that all the elite and all the celebrities are in, whether they know it or not. So yeah, yeah, that's very interesting stuff. We could, we could do a whole podcast on that.
Well, so I know what I'm doing tonight, which is watching that video. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, the, the, I just have like a like a confession, maybe, that this whole the so I've learned this express this expression as above, so below. Right. And so if I accept that there is this beautiful, loving, unconditional divine energy in the universe, there must also be an opposing force. And over the last few years, for my own personal journey, I've experienced like just just accepting evil is real. It's really hard to just accept because you want to just like have the best like people are have the best hopes for people and humanity, but evil is real. No, yeah, and, yep. And even right now. I don't want to believe that like Satanism is popular because it's not mainstream. Right. Rightly so. They don't want it to be. Um, it's, it, I, I, I absolutely know that it's real and I know that it's popular and that people participate in it. Like, um, uh, that Maria Abramovich or whatever. Maria Abramovich. I, I can just like, so, Part of my intuition, I see things that aren't in the material world, but I'm not saying in like a, I, it's not like a, what's that term? It's Ooh. nothing special. Like, but I can just see that she's evil. Like, yeah. I can just look at her and just, oh, she gives me the heebie jeebies. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Okay, well, let's explain what Maria Abramovich is. She is like this witch. She's very popular in uh, LA and she knows all the major celebrities. But she's like this weird artist where she does like art displays she's done where she paints with a mixture of human blood, semen, and uh, menstrual blood. Like these weird sick stuff that actually comes from Aleister Crowley. It's, and then she has this other thing that she does. It's called spirit cooking where they make a cake that looks like a human being and like these famous people come and they, they eat it. So they're kind of mocking cannibalism. She does all these weird shit that if you look into it, you're like, why is this woman doing this weird occult stuff with all these high celebrities? This is rev very reminiscent to satanic type of ideology. And so at what point, let me, does it, what point does it stop being art and become symbolism? And you seem well-versed in symbolism. I, I'm just now like accepting again, I'm just now accepting that so the hand gestures and all the other things that those are signals yeah. that those aren't random. No, yeah. I used to just be like they're just being absurd and silly no. famous people. It's like no, they're not. And yeah. it's like whoa. Right, that's how actually my my buddy, my co-host Andrew, that's how he woke up. His uh, friends started mentioning, "Hey, look, don't you see that all these celebrities are doing the the same signs? Why are they doing that?" And he went out of his own way. He started researching. He discovered, holy shit, this is not a coincidence. There's something behind it. And I slowly kind of red-pilled him into this, and now he's full, full balls deep into this type of research. But yeah, man, it's crazy once you really... I think the biggest conspiracy and the biggest hurdle for people to get over with is that there is a spiritual war. And once you accept, accept this, it perfectly explains why the people on top are doing the things that they do. It's not really for money and control. It's for stealing your energy and then at the end of the day, bringing in this new world order that they're going to hand over to Lucifer. I don't know. I mean, I still sometimes I believe in it more than some days I believe it more than others. But yeah, that's one of the main things that I try to tell people that 
if yeah, you can just accept that there is a spiritual world and see it through that lens, it explains everything. It, so, and is Lucifer the Lucifer of the Bible? Um, so you said you believe in God, mm -hmm. uh, the Abrahamic God? Well, that's, that is a, that's the thing, because the Bible, while people want to say that it's the end-all, be-all, Word of God, I think it has been also infiltrated and messed with because there's books that belong in the Bible that are not in them, like the Book of Enoch. Do you know about the Book of Enoch? I, I've, I've heard of it, um, but I've not yet like listened to it. I, I do more audiobooks, but I, yeah. so I know it exists, but I don't know what's in it. You should look. You, there's an audiobook. You should find it on, on uh, YouTube. But the Book of Enoch is a book by Enoch. Enoch was a very important character in the Bible, and people don't really know about him. He was one of the main sons of Adam. And in the Bible, there's three men who did not experience death. These men were Elijah, Enoch, and somebody else I always forget. Uh, but these men were so favored by God that he did not want them to experience death. So he came down to earth on his chariot and took them to heaven alive. But that's the story. So Enoch was taken to heaven alive because he was so special. And the book of Enoch is actually referenced in the Bible. So my contention is that the Bible is not the full and final word. There's things that are missing. And if you listen to this book of Enoch, it's going to explain to you the whole story of the fallen angels and what happened with the rebellion in, in, in heaven when Lucifer went against God. Lucifer was, uh, he is actually the, the high, he was in command of choir in heaven. He was like in control of music. So that's reminiscent to now. He's in control of Hollywood and the entertainment industry. He knows how to captivate people. Shit. So Lucifer opposed God and he came down and he took a third of the angels from heaven. And these angels came down to earth and they started messing with people. They started fucking the women and, and creating uh, giants and Nephilim. And they corrupted the DNA and they started teaching humans occult knowledge like magic, real magic, how to do witchcraft, how to do divination, how to do psychedelic plants, which is a whole thing that I can talk about, but I won't get into it right now. They taught humans uh, medicine. They taught them how to put makeup on, how to deceive people. So this is where, if you look at it through this lens again, you start noticing that, holy shit, all of this stuff is coming from a satanic ideology. And man, and it's, it sounds wild to me even when I say it, but I think that's what the, not the answer, but that's, that explains a lot of, of what's going on. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question, like... Because I've already admitted I don't believe in the God. Okay. But I want to ask like about your conception of the God and of heaven. Hmm. Um, yeah, but, well, that's the thing. So I don't really get into it because I don't know. All of this is kind of hearsay, and I want to believe it. And it's all really about faith. But my faith is that I don't know if it's the God of the Bible. Because the, when people try to define God... You don't know what you're talking about. We're just humans using language. We can never even begin to describe God. I tell people that humans trying to understand God is like a, a dog looking at a computer screen and trying to understand everything that's going on within the computer that's causing it to happen. We ha a dog has no idea about transistors or energy, nothing about that. So I think all the religions, in a sense, are trying to explain something that's inexplainable, but it's 
there's a tangible connection that we can all have. So I don't know. I don't know what God truly is. I think God is everything. It encapsulates everything. It's good and evil, maybe in a sense. It's death and and, and life. It's it's not just. It's when I start talking like this, I start sounding like the Gnostics, that God can probably also be evil. But think about it. For for life to continue, death has to happen, and with death comes suffering and all these things that seem bad. But they're required for life to continue to progress. So I don't know. I mean, my I, I talked about this on another episode, how different religions have different concepts of what heaven is. Some people say that you go in the clouds and you have a spirit, ghost-like body. The Vikings say they go to Valhalla. The Hindus say um, that you go with the yogis and all. There's so many ideas that I don't know, but I know in my heart that there is a spiritual side and that our goal is to connect with it and to bring out the best things that are inside of us and use it to serve others. I was having a conversation a while back with a Muslim gentleman, and it was really, really illuminating, you know, because he had... he doesn't speak for all Muslims, but, you know, he had said that they actually do believe in aliens and they believe in, you know, like sort of the grander universe and all kinds of crazy things. And it was really cool. He had mentioned to me that they also, you know, they have prof- Jesus was a prophet mm-hmm. in their religion and that they also have kind of a story of revelation of sorts and that it says Jesus will return standing beside uh, Medi, M-E-D-H-I, I think, but it's one of their, like, the their prophets. last in a line of 12 prophets, I believe, or something. Okay. Um, and so I, I look around the world today, and I see the resurgence of the Christ consciousness, which to me is maybe the return of Jesus, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, and I just look at it really feels like we're at a point where something's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you feel, do you believe in revelation or do you have a, a view of what is going on? Well, yeah, like I said, once you, I don't know if exactly to dive in and totally believe in the Bible, but yeah, I think that maybe we're coming to the point because all these people in control, the Freemasons and all, they believe in this stuff and they're trying to bring about Armageddon. They think that by creating all this, this uh, trauma and all this monstrosity that they're going to bring about the coming of, of Jesus and that they're going to destroy him. They're going to unite the whole world to, to fight against God. So you got to be careful when you start looking into all these different ideas because a lot of it is false doctrine and it's just meant to confuse you. And I, I sometimes have a hard time uh, managing the, the smoke and mirrors and, and all of it. But I think... When I really believe in this stuff, I think that, yeah, there's going to come a point where... I don't know if you know about Project Bluebeam. Have you researched into that? I heard you guys talk about it. That's the false flag alien operation, right? Yeah, so what they're going to try to do is the people in control are going to try to say, in my opinion, they're going to try to say that when Jesus comes back that they're aliens and that they're actually a threat and they're here to deceive us. And they're going to get the whole world to actually look at Jesus as an opposer. 
and that the world will unite with the oppressed with the dominators and will try to fight Jesus back but the true believers will try to wake everyone up and say no this is the real God so I don't know man I still have a hard time defining what I truly believe in because I feel like I'm on the fence with all of this stuff because there's no actual proof it's just all faith you know what I mean I like how you worded it, how there are people trying to bring about Armageddon. I, I always thought of it as like an external event coming from the cosmos, not an internal event coming from the planet. So that's like a really cool shift. Mm -hmm. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah, man. man. As I guess we're coming to a cl close, I just want to really thank you for coming on here, brother. I was really excited to talk to you. We didn't really get into too much about the gym stuff. I, I really wanted to talk about that because I saw one of those videos where you were fucking huge. And then in your recent videos, you're not. Like, what? How, what's the biggest weight fluctuations you had? Well, shoot. Yeah. Um, I would love to. Come on again. Sorry. We can talk more gym stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Let me see. I think the biggest I ever got was like 240 and right now I'm like 190. Wow, okay. And so I've gone from that 240 down to the 190, um, just kind of in like in a, a pursuit of a more ascetic lifestyle in conjunction with all of this, uh, with my awakening journey. Um, I do want to get a little bit bigger and get back into the gym more. Um, but uh yeah i it, there's just something really really cool about deadlifting it, it, just trying to pick up as much weight as you possibly can from a standstill it, it, it it's so primal it just, it's like it, it's yeah. like it gives you that to me i see it as so awesome because it's like that's what we're here to do to become strong you want to become as strong as you possibly can so that you can defeat anything that's trying to defeat you that's primal's the perfect word for it and appreciating the body that you're given mm -hmm. and not everybody's gonna lift heavy weights but like for your body you can always have like your own goals and you shouldn't be comparing yourself to other people anyways mm -hmm. um and there's also cool like metaphors that oh i'm sorry where you, you were wrapping up i'm sorry we'll, we'll, we'll do another episode man. no for sure yeah I, I i definitely vibe with you brother and we could talk about anything for hours i think but um is there anything that you want to leave the people with to like um positive motivation or just some closing remarks to, to leave with the audience just um gratitude thank you for listening um thank you for the work you've done to get to this point in your journey, wherever it is, is whether it be at the beginning, the middle, or the end. Um, and then just uh, a little hope and optimism. I, I feel like tides are turning. We're at a point now where our work is really going to begin yielding results because people are ready. Um, I don't know about you, but for the last five years, it's just felt like I've been screaming at a wall. Mm -hmm. um, but now it, 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 that people are ready, we can build momentum and movements and make change. So uh, just thank you for the work that everyone's been doing. You too, brother. You, you keep on doing what you're doing. Can you plug in all the stuff you want to your Instagram, your YouTube page, uh, any, your coaching stuff, please? Okay. Um, I do YouTube interviews. If anybody's listening wants to interview, uh, 
I don't really, I just talk about anything and everything with the goal of trying to bring unity to the, the planet right now. Uh, so heavyweights, light fields. If you go to that, it's no spaces on YouTube. That's where you'll find me. And then also on Instagram, those are the two social medias I really like to use um, for now. Who knows what the future holds, but um, you know, and you can find my email address that way. If you want to start a weight loss or weight gain journey. Um, and that's all. Oh, wait, let me ask you one last question. When you did that interview with that lady who was a regression, what, what did she, did she do your past life regression? Uh, are you okay? Are you talking about Soma? Yeah, yeah. She so, she like reads people's past lives, right? So Soma, which is different from Dolores, she is a channeler. So she actually, I don't think, does regressions. She does readings, okay, which are a little different. Um, so she'll like actually channel other spirits or energies to give the reading. Um, she did not give me a direct reading that was personal for me, but there was actually a point during the session where I actually felt like something was coming through her and it wasn't just her. It was really interesting where I'm, I'm skeptical of channelers and readers and all of that. Right. I've never paid money, but, right. but there was a moment where I was like, something's coming through her mm-hmm. and it was really cool. Um, you know, when people are authentically within themselves, things actually do just flow through you. Right. The universe flows through you as a, an expression. Um, but uh, I can, she would love to probably do an interview if you want. You know, we can do, yeah, that'd be yeah, cool. Yeah, man. That'd be, oh, and also, um, I have, I'm really cool with these other two podcasters. Would you want to get in touch with them? I can hook you up. That would be cool. Thank you so much. Hell yeah. Okay, that's cool, brother. Okay, so we're going to close up. I'm going to play this song by Jason Mraz. Have you ever heard of him? Have you heard of Jason Mraz? No. No? Okay, well... I'm yours guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he has this other pretty cool song. It's uh, Life is Wonderful. And it's, it's just... He shows you all the paradoxes in the world... And just to see them and just listen to this song. And, if, and y'all send me a message. Let me know what this song means to y'all. But I'm going to play this song. It's actually four minutes and 20 seconds long. And after that, please stay on. We'll, we'll talk in private, okay? All right. So thank you all, everybody, for listening. Um, have a good evening. Improve yourselves. Eat good. Sleep. Meditate. Sun gaze. Do all the things that you know you should be doing. And we'll be here next week. Peace. It takes a crane to build a crane It takes two floors to make a story It takes an egg to make a hen It takes a hen to make an egg There is no end to what I'm saying It takes a thought to make a word And it takes some words to make an action some work to make it work it takes some good to make it hurt it takes some bad for satisfaction
Peace 